on this week's edition of the Yak. We're here, we're finally here in Frisco, Texas. We've been talking about it all year and we finally made it down. But before we dive into the game, I feel like we should we should talk about how we got here because it was a little hectic, right? It was a snowy morning in Richmond, Virginia. They just getting to the airport was a bit of an adventure. And then uh, I'll, I'll let Bobby take over from there about uh, flights on time, everything's looking good. We're headed to Frisco right on time. And then the de-icing truck broke in the Richmond International Airport. And you know, it, it's a basic thing, especially, you know, me and, me and Rob, we're, we're Virginia natives, but you know, Mr. Winley over here up from north, I, he, he's grasping how an airport can only have one truck, but we're not gonna blast Richmond International Airport right now, because we are here, but they only had one de-icing truck and we sat on the plane for 90 minutes, missed our connection. We were able to hit the standby on two flights later once we got to Atlanta and eventually got here to Frisco and, and uh, you know, we made it. We missed a couple things, but we at least made it to uh, some great events last night. Yeah, it was a tough trip, and I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because my uh, Texas didn't live up to my expectations of being greeted at the gate with a cowboy hat. I thought that was just something yeah, that happens. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but like you said, we did have a, a couple great events last night. Went to the, uh, the local paintball field here and, and played some flag football. Really cool uh, organization called the... Uh, what was it called? The Miracle League. Miracle League. Called the Miracle yeah. League, and uh, which is an org organization that that helps kids uh, get the opportunity um, to play sports, kids with special needs, and, and what better way to do it with the defending national champs, a uh, little flag football game. So that was a lot of fun. You can check out our Twitter and Facebook and, and see highlights from that. Then we went on to the main event. Saw a little brisket, <laughs> little brisket eating competition, some bowling. Rob got me in pool. Yeah, we, we played pool. The teams competed in pool. It was fun to, uh, to watch the two groups interact, which is uh, it's sort of a unique thing. I don't know if that happens in a lot of bowl games or anything, but here's two teams that have, for the last three weeks, have been prepping for each other, you know, getting over 48 hours till game time, getting in the frenzy of, of you know, getting after the opponent and, and, and trying to win. And then all of a sudden, here you are playing pool and bowling against each other and having brisket eating contests. Yeah, no, it was it was cool seeing the, first of all, the Miracle League was really neat yesterday. Both teams really thought they got involved quite a bit, a lot of energy and, uh, you know, helping out the kids with special needs. They, they loved it. You could tell it was bright. It made their day, uh, made their week. And then, you know, going over the main, it was called the main event. Restaurant is literally called mm -hmm. the main event. And it, it had, I mean, me and Mike were walking around. They had, what, rock climbing. It has laser, laser tag. tag. It had a karaoke booth, which we did not catch Joey D, our commissioner in. So, you know, uh, we were sorry about that. But uh, we also, you know, like I said, pooling, bowling. It was great competition. It, it's interesting to see some of the competitive to start flowing between the two teams once they got over there last night. I was a little nervous to see Andrew Anchor go in and play some laser tag. I don't know. I don't <laughs> worry if he'll, he'll trip yeah, and hurt his knee or something. Well, either that or being that uh, little kid that happened to get in. And, uh, exactly. Here comes Andrew Anchor with a gun around the corner. Not, not what I'd want to be seeing. Yes, yes. Right. And we should also know that James Madison won both contests, the flag football game and the main event. Um, but let's get on to the matchup. I mean, we, we heard it this morning. This is one of the biggest matchups we've uh, seen around the FCS community for a long time. And I, I, I think it's going to live up to the hype. What, do you, what yeah, about you guys? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, number one and number two, it, it was interesting. The uh, Richard Johnson, the committee chairman, the FCS selection committee chairman, spoke at the breakfast we were at this morning and said, hey, <clears throat> the tough part of their job was picking three through 24. said one and two were clear. And we got one and two in the championship game. As they were building up in the hype video today, the five-time defending champ against the undefeated defending champ. Uh, I don't know what more you could ask for. You know, I think when you look look at this matchup, it's obviously the game everybody wanted to see. 
since really last year's semifinals. Mm-hmm. And this is no shot at Youngstown State, but this year it just it does feel like a different type of atmosphere down here. And it, and a lot of it is because Bison Nation is here yeah, too. Yeah. And, you know, a lot, a lot of rumors on, you know, right now it's not even rumors, it's probably true that there are going to be more Bison fans here than JMU fans in this building tomorrow. Yeah, they always historically travel pretty well. Yes, and, and, so, and so does JMU. It's just, I think, the familiarity with how to get here, how to plan to come down here when you do it for five straight seasons. Yeah, Jamie did it last year, but you know, the, the, Jamie, this is the, Jamie fans are going to be loud, and you're going to know they're here no matter what. It, you know, even if it was ten and percent to 90 that's just a great fan base that's very loud but you know they're going to show both fan bases we know are going to show up strong it's going to be oversold out standing room tickets and you know lots and of a lot of playing. great music too behind us so you know it's going to be a great atmosphere i cannot wait for tomorrow's game yeah the game kicks at 11 but uh i don't know what time tailgate bill opens but watching those two fan bases go to head to head i'm sure they'll be the out game? there very oh, early yeah. that's going to be great <laughs> Plenty of brisket. Um, You know, ever since I got here this weekend, I've wanted to, you know, nudge some elbows and say, like, who who do you got? Who do you got? And I feel like it's just worthless to ask that question because this is such a a heavyweight battle. It's going to be such a close one. But why not? What do you think, Rob? I I really like JMU's chances, but I think the formula for them is exactly what they did last year, not only against North Dakota State, but in Youngstown State in the championship game. It's to get on top early. And then let their defense go to work. And 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 uh, both, I think one of the interesting parts about the game tomorrow is the the two veteran quarterbacks, the Easton Stick and Brian Shore. They're both winners. They both do whatever it takes, whatever whether it's running the ball, throwing the ball. The two teams are mirror images of each other. But I really like JMU's chances if if they can follow the formula that's been so good to them, which is a nice ball control drive, maybe opportunistic. I mean. You know, they've led the nation in interceptions. They get a lot of sacks, maybe getting to play out of special teams and, and, and jumping on top early and then being able to control the game with the running game and letting their defense go to work. It's so hard to predict a game like this when the teams are so like-minded. Mm-hmm. Both want to run the football, both want to establish the trenches, the physicality in the trenches, and play great defense. But I think Rob you know, hit the nail on the head, not to repeat him, but I think it, I honestly thought ever since this matchup happened, it's going to come down to the two quarterbacks, Brian Shore and Easton Stick. And Brian Shore, the, the way he's played, especially over this past month, you know, the questions have been like, what's wrong with this JMU offense during the regular season? They, they played very well. I feel like there's something happening there in this postseason, you know, especially with the running game. Marcus Marshall starting to find the holes that he necessarily didn't find in the regular season, and that is opening a lot of opportunities in that passing game for Brian Shore to find guys like Riley Stapleton and Terrence Halls. I think right now this JMU offense has overcome a lot of adversity this year, and it's going to show tomorrow, and I think that's going to be the big factor for a JMU victory tomorrow. Well, certainly it's going to be a a great game. Like I said, two heavyweight battles, and uh, no matter what the outcome, it's going to be a a great day for CA football, a great day for the FCS, and uh, we're looking forward to it. I'll keep my predictions to myself because I'm just the camera guy. <laughs> I don't know the X's and O's, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I think next week we'll be back yep. uh, to just kind of break down the season, win or lose. Um, so we'll see you then. Thanks All for right. joining us. Thanks. Oh, good night, Canada. <laughs>